Hey folks, this episode is a little bit different than usual. Hope that doesn't throw you. I'm pretty sure we'll be back to our normal format next week. For now, I hope you enjoy the variety. We're here to tell you how the world is wrong. The world is wrong about Mad Dog Time, The Paperboy, Mordecai, after last season. The World is Wrong is an extremely positive podcast where Andras Jones and Brian Connolly champion films The World is Wrong About. Available on Paperhouse Network wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Hit it! Hey there, this is Don Heffington, and you are listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Yes. Radio it ball Give us a shake We're here in the studio Tempting fate Mm-mm. Putting questions to the songs Which we will randomly select Here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for The Radio it ball here we are on november 11th 2020 and by we i mean here i am and there's a lot to unpack first of all Last week's episode may have been confronting to some of you, and has certainly been confronting to me. While I did feel it was necessary to stay true to my format, I haven't felt comfortable promoting that episode. Not because it wasn't good or true, it was as good and as true as any of these podcasts are, but if I had promoted it, and if I had said anything online about David Rovick's refusal to engage or defend me against the anti-Semitic lies of his friend Danny Kelly, I would be the one who would be accused of being hostile and would also probably be accused of being a supporter of the crimes of Israel because that's how these things have played out whenever I have brought them up in the past. You could hear this dynamic in the segment from 2018 that I placed at the end of last week's episode. In that segment, I'm trying to figure out how to navigate the anti-Semitic attacks from people who I refuse to name on the show, and the best response David can come up with is an anecdote about how he was wrongly accused of being an anti-Semite, and how he lost some gigs in Israel for his support of Palestinian rights. At the time, I showed sympathy for his predicament, but considering his unwillingness to engage with or contradict the blatant anti-Semitism of his friend's public lies about things that weren't said on a show that he and I did together, it sure doesn't seem like David is concerned with confronting anti-Semitism or defending 
Jews against anti-Semitism if we're attacked for bringing it up with no relation to Israel or its policies whatsoever. Since I don't call anyone an anti-Semite unless they self-identify as such, and this extends to David and Danny and those neighbors of mine who joined them in their multiple pylons, but they are all capable, we are all capable of supporting anti-Semitism through our action, our inaction, or our willful ignorance. Now, I tried to find a neutral party who is fluent in the dynamics of anti-Semitism to join this podcast and to check my math and, if necessary, hold me accountable. Sadly, I can't find one resource in Olympia, Washington, where I live, for Jews who are confronting anti-Semitism in some form or another. So... I extended my search beyond the confines of my town and reached out to a friend who I know who works with the reevaluation counseling community. RC has done some amazing work in the area of oppression theory and specifically with anti-Semitism. So I thought perhaps my friend might know someone from that community, maybe even in Olympia, where there is a strong RC presence who might be willing to discuss this. No luck there either. I do know people who are willing to call anyone who criticizes Israel an anti-Semite, but I don't consider these to be defenders of Jews or neutral agents. Some are honestly propagandized and frightened into blind loyalty, And some are flat-out manipulative liars who are as complicit in the targeting of Jews as the Jew-haters because they have assured that the only time we can discuss anti-Semitism is in relation to the nation of Israel, and not when it comes to defending Jews against intolerance, ignorance, and prejudice. At this point, I'd like you to think about who you might reach out to if there was a group of people spreading politically motivated lies about you that specifically target your race, gender, or some other aspect of you that has been a magnet historically for abuse. The next time one of David Rovick's songs comes up as the answer on the show, I'll have to deal with this again. So, If you think you or someone you know would be a good resource in addressing and unpacking the dynamics at play in this conflict, I'd appreciate it if you reached out to me through the contact form on our website at www.radio8ball.com. I could really use some help with this. I can't very well say much more about the answer I received from Carl Blau's song Ode to Ocean than I did on the show last week, so I'd like to share what Carl wrote to me about the song when I asked if he'd like to discuss it on the show. His schedule didn't allow his participation, but this is what he shared. Ode to Ocean, huh? That's a tune about awareness and acceptance of all sides of the situation slash person. 
Thanks for reaching out, Andras. May the eight ball keep spinning. Thanks, Carl. I appreciate that. There's a part of me that wants to be a part of you. Which is why it's so difficult having to figure this out on my own. Okay, well, let's table that, shall we? Now let's turn our attention to my question, but first, I need to set it up with material that is probably going to be just as, if not more, triggering to some of you than the preceding bit. Trump lost the election. That's really good. But nobody wants to admit that we will be replacing one kind of corrupt and murderous white supremacist with a different kind of corrupt and murderous white supremacist. I make this statement not based upon conjecture or personal prejudice. What I say is a matter of historical fact. Joe Biden, through his support for segregation, mass imprisonment, the Iraq War, and the Patriot Act, has been a far more efficient killer and cager of black, brown, and poor bodies than Donald Trump has. His running mate, Kamala Harris, hasn't been in politics as long as Biden, but she has also shown herself to be an effective cager of black, brown, and poor bodies, as well as being just as effective at protecting corporate criminals like Trump's Treasury Secretary, Steven Mnuchin. Both Biden and Harris oppose popular life-saving policies like Medicare for All, police reform and defunding, and a planet-saving Green New Deal, just as Trump and his cronies do. I find it pretty terrifying to see Democrats who claim to oppose the racism, corruption, and murderous policies of Trump ignoring these qualities in the president and vice president-elect. The relief of many to return to a deadly state of normalcy where they can go back to ignoring politics and trusting the professionals to do the right thing when there is nothing in their records to suggest that they are interested in doing so, well, it makes a lot of my fellow Democrats look to me like Trump supporters who claim to oppose so much of what Trump stands for yet continue to blindly support him. Does anyone else find it odd that Republicans who voted for Trump are accused of supporting everything he says and does, but Democrats who voted for Biden-Harris can claim that their vote for these two is not an endorsement of their murderous political records? On the day after the election, when I posted a reminder of the potential danger of a Biden-Harris presidency if they remained consistent to their actions in the past— I was accused by many of being hostile and negative. I was told to give these candidates a chance and trust that people can change. I had one online friend, a very groovy older lady I met in Amsterdam, send me a series of angry personal messages, and when I asked her to stop, she called me a bully and blocked me. This blind hostility from Democrats to historical facts about Biden and Harris 
strikes me as very similar to the blind hostility of Trump supporters to legitimate criticism of his record and his public statements. And, if I might add, the blind hostility of David Rovix and Danny Kelly to concerns about anti-Semitism. I have said many times on this show that our goal is the pursuit of intelligence as defined by a willingness to remain in a state of questioning curiosity. Those who refuse to entertain uncomfortable truths and potential truths strike me as examples of the antithesis of intelligence. There is a massive industry, multiple industries in fact, devoted to eliminating intelligence and replacing it with loyalty. When people speak of their fear of fascism, they often mean their fear of the other side winning, while, the way I see it, this training of an entire nation to reject uncomfortable truths is far more dangerous than any one person. In fact, the scapegoating impulse that fuels the need for one person or side to be entirely evil while we refuse to hold those on our side accountable for their failings is a recipe for genocide. When you block someone or cancel them, you are in genocide training. I say this as someone who has blocked a lot of people. I think, for the most part, I have done this to defend myself from people posting untrue things about me on my own social media pages, but regardless of my reasons, this ability has trained in me something that is comfortable with erasing a person from the world. I see this dynamic in those who deny the experience of the victims of the political careers of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, just as I see it in those who laugh off Trump's dangerous provocations as merely him trolling the left. It seems to me that if Trump supporters have to own the entirety of Trump's career if they voted for him, then Democrats should likewise have to own the entirety of the careers of Biden and Harris if we voted for them. If we insist on a double standard that justifies the murderous pasts of our allies while condemning that of our enemies, then we must admit that we are a nation in search of enemies. This search has now turned in on itself, and a nation so in search of enemies is a nation in psychological preparation for genocide. As someone whose family members died in a recent attempted genocide in Europe, I suppose I consider myself something of a canary in the coal mine. And it has been my experience that many people I know would rather kill the canary than address the dwindling oxygen its chirps of warning portend. Which brings me to my question. Is it worth telling the truth if doing so makes one an easy target? And now, I'm going to engage the Pop Oracle by giving it a shake. Cool. Uh... 
The answer is from Don Heffington and the song Avenue C. Obstacles the typical slogs. I was tossed in a pit full of menacing dogs. Then sold into slavery for a $10 note. Surrounded by possums and suckled by goats, I was tied to a rock overlooking the Thames. Swept into the river and fished out again. Accused of adultery by a well-known harlot and burned at the stake by North African pirates. But as fate deemed appropriate, down came the rings, blinding my captors and dousing the flames, and drowning the harlot who called out my name. Hey, that's nothing unusual, it's more of the same. For a couple of weeks Too exhausted to stand And too edgy to speak Too hungry to think And too tired to pray With no place to go And yet no place to stay And to add to life's numerable Petty frustrations I was stranded for hours At the local train station Before setting off To squander the seasons In the cities that blanket The northeastern regions of paper and overwrought nerves I saw her before me her foot on the stair her hand on the railing and the wind in her hair well it seemed that I'd seen her one time in LA at some local art gathering or some miserable play perhaps in Chicago or maybe a dream but dreams are beyond me who knows what they mean As I went out walking one morning so fair, I spied a young jaybird circling the air. Come hither, young jaybird, and sit on my knee, and we'll watch the sunrise over Avenue C. No, I wouldn't come hither to a rounder like thee, for ye may take vengeance on a poor bird like me, and leave me like Papa down six feet below. I said, hey, hold on, take it easy there, crow. You know, many have lived here like many before. They've walked the same hallways and they swept the same floors. They've fought the same battles with varied resources. And they've sought the same pleasures from a number of sources. They've married, divorced, and the kids have left home. Some have taken the beds that they lie in alone. Well, living in limbo and dying in vain. Hey, that's nothing unusual. It's more of the same. Hit it, man.
right, there you go. And, and that, that was, was Avenue, Avenue C. C. Yeah. Performed by Don Haffington on Radio 8 Ball, recorded at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California, on May 15th, 2018. And that was the answer to my question. Is it worth telling the truth if doing so makes one an easy target? Hmm. Well... Let's look at the lyrics, shall we? He starts off talking about the usual obstacles, the typical slogs. I was tossed in a pit full of menacing dogs. Then sold into slavery for a $10 note, surrounded by possums and suckled by goats. I was tied to a rock overlooking the Thames, swept into the river and fished out again, accused of adultery by a well-known harlot and burned at the stake by North African pirates. But as fate deemed appropriate, down came the rains, blinding my captors and dousing the flames, and drowning the harlot who called out my name. That's nothing unusual. It's more the same. Wow. Uh, so it seems like a yes and kind of answer. Like, yes, 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 you will. But the song suggests that Nature's God is on the side of the truth-teller. I don't know. Maybe that's a fanciful take on it. Uh, let's, look, let's look to the bottom, uh, the last part of... Sorry, I'm looking at the lyrics here. But um, let's see. The song ends on these lines. As I went out walking one evening so fair, I spied a young jaybird circling the air. Jaybird could be me, Jones, Jewish, Jay. A lot of Jay going on for me. I spied a young Jewbird, a young Jaybird circling the air. Come hither, young Jonesbird, Jaybird, and sit on my knee, and we'll watch the sunrise over Avenue C. It's kind of nice. It's like... Don Heffington is functioning as sort of the wise elder here, saying, hey, come sit on my knee and watch the sunrise over Avenue C, which is, boy, I could use a friend who would de-escalate things like that right now. And then uh, he goes on, no, I wouldn't come hither to a rounder like thee, for ye may take vengeance on a poor bird like me. And leave me like Papa down six feet below. I said, hey, hold on. Take it easy there, crow. <laughs> I love this. You know, many have lived here like many before. They've walked the same hallways and swept the same floors. They fought the same battles with varied resources. And they've sought the same pleasures from a number of sources. They've married, check, divorced, check and had kids left they've married divorced and the kids have left home some have taken to beds that they lie in alone living in limbo and dying in vain hey that's nothing unusual it's more of the same so 
The simple answer that I get to my question is yes. It is worth telling the truth if doing so makes one an easy target. Because there is a lineage that being that person makes you a part of. And I feel like that's what Don Heffington is singing about in this song, Avenue C. And I suppose I could get fanciful and look at Avenue C as being about vision, those who see, the, the avenue of those who have vision. And a vision for truth and hypocrisy is, as the song suggests, a semi-cursed vision, but it is not unique. And I guess with all of these podcasts, with every Radio 8 Ball show I do, there's a part of me that is reaching out to others who are on that path, who are in search of truths, however uncomfortable, and drawn to exploring and exposing these truths, again, even if it means exposing ourselves and our weaknesses, our failings, our prejudices, our ignorance. Certainly I have, over the last 20 years, exposed many of my own, and um, I will probably continue to do so. And I guess there's a part of me that's just very happy at the prospect of maybe having Don Heffington on next week's show. You could hear it just... um, He's just a cool cat, and just being in the presence of his voice and his spirit... Uh, I guess de-escalates things in my own nervous system. Um, now, I don't want to say he can't be a cantankerous old cuss in his way. <laughs> I guess you could say the same thing about me. Um, but he definitely is one of those who seems to come by it honestly. And certainly one of those who has been able to imbue his work with the qualities that he carries as a person. Intelligence, cool, uh, sort of, I don't know, hipster wisdom. Anyway, I'm not going to spend too much time flattering him. I just think he's great. And that song was great. And uh, the bass player on that was Dominic Genova. And he also played the bass on the Mose Allison style Radio 8 Ball theme song we recorded that day for that Don Heffington episode. I'll provide links in the show notes to check out that episode and check out Don's work. And uh, I guess I just want to encourage you who are listening to try and remain, I don't know, intellectually honest to yourself and to be open to difficult truths and welcoming to uncomfortable conversations that 
arise in response to difficult truths. Because without that, well, then we just fall back into where my question came from, which is a nation training itself to be okay with erasing people because they are entirely bad and that ain't good. So, uh, well, I guess, I guess that's this reading and I hope, well, I don't want to say that I hope you enjoyed it, but I hope you got something out of it and I hope you appreciate that this episode is one of the shorter ones. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you for giving your attention and intention to this episode of Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening. Please remember to subscribe to Radio 8 Ball in your podcast app, and if you like the show, please help other people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively. If you tell your synchronicity story, I'll read it on the show. Of course, we encourage you to download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store. And finally, I do hope you'll join our Patreon campaign, although this week there is no bonus episode, but the Patreon link is in the show notes. We're going to go out with the randomly chosen Pop Oracle Song of the Day for November 11th, 2020, when I did my reading. It's Coda Corvette and her Ariana Grande mashup Sweetener that she recorded on Radio 8 Ball at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California on October 1st, 2018. And with that, I am out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. Love it how I move you, you love it how I touch you, my one. When all is said and done, you believe God is a woman. I, I feel it after midnight, a feeling that you can't fight, my one. Lingers when we're done, you remind me of the time. When things were so complicated All I need is to see your face Feel my blood running sweat The sky's falling I don't know if this shit's fabricated When raindrops fell Down from the sky The day you left me an angel cried An angel cried Coming down Can't stop now Can't stop so shut your mouth Shut your mouth And if you don't know then now you know it babe Know it babe Right now State of mind I wanna be like all the time Got no tears out to cry 
So I'm picking it up, picking it up, loving and living and picking it up. I love you, I know that's not the way to start a conversation trouble I watch some other girls when they come and bug you But I feel like I know you so I just wanted to hug you Plus you don't know your way around You can stop your playing now, all your worries laying down Want you to get Wrong with you, come back down. Maybe I should grow myself where the mud is before I'm gone. Life deals the scars, make everything taste like it's own. Then you're gone, through like the sweet. Know you ought to bring the bitter taste to a home. Say oh, oh, go back to you, back to you, back to you every time. Baby, I just want you to be mine. What I say is that to say, boy, just say goodnight and go. But keep me in your orbit, I'ma be happy. Universe must have my back, you see. The light is coming.